The topic that I want to speak about today is really almost of a refresher topic. Uh, and this serves more so as a reminder for myself for, and for all of you as well. And what I want to speak about today is the rank and the status that the people of knowledge have in our deen. Or we can say the scholars, the status and the rank that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to them. And I want to start off with sharing an ayah in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and I want to explain this just a little bit. So to start off the, the word innama, what this is really saying is, we can think of it as only and only. Innama, only and only, the ones who have the true khashya of Allah. And this is the, the fear and consciousness of Allah. Innama yakhshallaha min ibadihi, from the servants of Allah, al-ulama. So Allah is saying here in this ayah as if it is only and only the scholars who truly have the khashya of Allah. It is as if only and only it is the scholars who truly are conscious and fearful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what this means is, Allah is telling us that a way in which a scholar, a person of knowledge, will be able to be conscious of Allah, the way a scholar will be able to worship Allah, the way a scholar will be able to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unlike anyone else. And notice here in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, min ibadihi, meaning out of all of the slaves of Allah, out of all of the servants of Allah, and we're saying these are all of those people who are serving Allah already. These are people who are in the service of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amongst all of them, it is the ulama who have the true khashya of Allah, meaning the way in which they will be able to worship Allah and serve Allah is unlike others. And this is because obviously, first and foremost, of their knowledge. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Know that there is no one worthy of worship other than Allah. Even the kalima, our shahada, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ To truly do service to the shahada, to truly fulfill what the shahada needs from us and requires from us, it takes knowledge. فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ and that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that the people of knowledge are not like the people who do not have knowledge. Say, are those who know equal to those who do not know? And this is a rhetorical question and the answer is obviously no. There is no comparison between a person who worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with knowledge and a person who worships Allah without knowledge. And that is why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Fadl al-Alim, al-Abid. He said the superiority of an Alim, of a scholar over an Abid. An Abid, once again, we're not talking about just a, a Muslim who doesn't care about the deen of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. An Abid, a worshiper, someone who spends their life in the worship of Allah. Someone who is constantly praying and fasting and making dhikr. The Prophet said that a scholar, the superiority that a scholar has over them, meaning a scholar is better than an abid in a way, it is like the superiority that, a, that the moon has over the rest of the stars. And if you ever looked up in the sky when, when the moon is shining, there may be stars shining in the sky as well, but your sight goes straight to the moon. Right? That is the most prominent thing in the sky at that moment. In another narration, the Prophet said, فَضْلُ الْعَالِمِ عَلَى الْعَابِدِ كَفَضْلِ عَلَى أَدْنَاكُمْ He said, the superiority 
or the greatness of a scholar over a worshiper is like my superiority, meaning the Prophet ﷺ, over the least of you. SubhanAllah. Can you imagine how the Prophet ﷺ compares to the least of the believers? As people of Iman, we have no doubt in the superiority of the Prophet ﷺ. And compare the Prophet ﷺ to the one who is the least amongst the believers, it becomes very vivid for us. We understand the rank that the scholars have in Islam. The place that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to the scholars in this religion. And truly, as the Prophet told us, that those who carry on the job of the Prophets are the scholars. Those who have taken on the mantle of delivering the message of Islam are the scholars. And this is why the Prophet, Prophet he said, he said, the scholars, certainly the scholars are the heirs of the prophets, the inheritors, those who inherit from the prophets are who? The scholars. Because as the Prophet have said, the, the, the anbiya, they don't leave behind a dinar or a dirham, meaning wealth and property. This is not what they leave behind. They, they leave behind knowledge to be inherited. And that is inherited by the scholars. The scholars are the ones who have taken it, taken on the mission of learning the deen of Allah, learning what the Prophet ﷺ taught this ummah for us to worship Allah and to carry on and to deliver that message. And truly what we're talking about here is that a scholar is a person who has made the conscious effort to dedicate their life to learning the deen of Allah. And that's why I don't care what a person has learned, right? A person can be a, a, a neurosurgeon. A person can be a, an astronaut. And they have put in countless hours and, and they have done all the, all, the, all the work in the world and they're like the smartest person and so on and so forth. Their knowledge will never compare to the knowledge of a scholar. And not to say that obviously people who study for, the, who study for, you know, for their profession, they cannot be rewarded by Allah. Of course they can person becomes a, a doctor with the intention of providing for their family and helping the community and so on and so forth, inshallah they have their reward with Allah. Right? A person who becomes an engineer with a good intention, of course they can be rewarded for their intentions. But a person who becomes a scholar, their intention is to inherit from the Prophet A scholar, their intention is to learn what the Prophet and the Prophets have left behind in order for us to make it to Jannah, in order for us to make it to paradise. This is the path that a scholar, that a person of knowledge, a student of knowledge has taken upon. That is why we cannot compare the two. We cannot compare the life of a person of knowledge and someone other than that. And this is why the Prophet that a person who takes a path in search of knowledge, Allah will make their path to paradise easy. So while the rest of us were spending days and nights and hours and, and months working for this dunya, getting our degrees and our education and so on and so forth, the person of knowledge was spending years learning the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the rank and the, and the merits and the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to the scholars. Now the problem is, my brothers and sisters, 
that as I say this stuff, in our mind we begin to think that these people who I've just spoken about have to be perfect. That they have to be those who do not make mistakes. Those who do not err. Those who we will have to agree with. And so what happens? The moment we disagree with someone, the moment we say, ah, I don't know if what he's saying, it doesn't, it doesn't work with me. That's not my understanding of the deen. Ah, I don't know if I agree with the stance that the scholar has taken, or this person knowledge has taken. For us, we automatically snatch, take away the rank that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to the person of knowledge. When the reality is that every single human being will be correct sometimes, and sometimes they will be incorrect. Sometimes they will make mistakes. There is no one other than the Prophet who we can say did not make a mistake. And we can say that all have, that everything that he has brought us is crystal clear. And we'll never have any issues. The scholars, even though they are scholars, they will err and they will make mistakes. But that does not affect the respect that we have for our scholars. And that is why the Prophet ﷺ, he told us of this very issue. He said, إِذَا حَكَمَ الْحَاكِمُ فَاجْتَهَدْ وَأَصَابْ لَهُ أَجْرًا That if a person is making, giving a ruling, they're, they're, you know, a scholar is making a judgment in a matter, and they say, you know, they do ijtihad, meaning they, the ijtihad, by the way, is to put in the work. The work means, hey, I spent X amount of years studying the deen of Allah, memorizing the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, learning the sunnah of the Prophet studying the science of Islam, all of that is a precursor to ijtihad. Now they have the ability to make the ijtihad and they put in the work with sincerity. Prophet said, if this person makes a judgment with ijtihad and they are correct in their judgment, meaning a scholar says, you know what, this is my opinion. And they are correct in their opinion. Prophet said, this person is rewarded twice. Why are they rewarded twice? Well, one, for their ijtihad, for the work that they put in. Number two, they came to an opinion which is correct. And then the Prophet said, if a scholar comes to a decision, comes to a ruling, and they made ijtihad, and they make, and they are incorrect. Meaning the scholar, they did the work, but the opinion that they hold is not correct. Because there, look, let's be real, there are certain matters where there's going to be a right and wrong opinion. Sometimes we may not fully be aware of what is right and what is wrong, but there will be a right and a wrong. And so now the Prophet is saying, this scholar, he, he learned, he put in the work, but he came to the incorrect opinion. What happens to this scholar? The Prophet said, even this scholar has a reward with Allah. Because they did everything right. They did the ijtihad, they put in the work, and they made a mistake in the end, meaning they came to the incorrect ruling. Even this person has a reward. And this hadith serves two purposes. Number one, for the scholar, to encourage the scholar, to encourage the people of knowledge, to remind them that you will make mistakes and you cannot be right in everything. But keep on going, persevering, because your reward is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number two, it is for us, the laymen, the lay people, to understand that even if a scholar comes to a ruling, comes to a decision which is incorrect, they still are rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the honor that Allah has given to the people of knowledge. And especially my brothers and sisters, in the time and environment that we are living in today, 
we are dealing with constant differences of opinion. Why? Well, we're living in a land, living in America, and Muslims in America don't come from one place. We have, we all have different backgrounds. We come, someone comes from Pakistan, and someone comes from Egypt, and so on and so forth. Someone has born, raised in America. We all have our different ba backgrounds, and we have maybe different schools of thought, and we have different things that we are used to. Right? When someone grows up upon a certain opinion, in their mind, that is Islam. Their Islam is defined by how they grew up. Oh, my parents did this, and this is what my grandparents did, and this is what my, you know, their teachers taught them, and that has to be the haqq. That has to be the truth. And everything else, I don't know about it. So we all come from different backgrounds, but the test that Allah has given to us is that we all are in the same place now. We're all living together. We're praying together, most of us, a lot of us, alhamdulillah. And we're forced to work together and to work with one another. So the question we ask ourselves is, can we work together despite having these differences? Can we work towards a common goal? And every single person sitting here, by the way, I believe we have a common goal. We are invested as believers in this community. <coughs> We're invested in the future of this community, not, for, not only for ourselves, but for our children. And so on and so forth. So we want khair and we want goodness. And that is why in a community, we usually choose a leader. That is why we choose an imam. Why? Because we choose a scholar. We choose someone who is qualified. Someone who put in the work. Someone who spent the years studying. Someone who when we hire them, we understand that this is a person of knowledge and therefore they, des they deserve our respect regardless of whether I agree with them 100% of the time or not. We have this amazing incident amongst the companions. It's been narrated that when Uthman was the Khalifa, when he was the ruler, during Hajj, he made the decision that when the, when the Muslims go to Mina, that they will pray their prayer complete. Meaning they're not going to shorten their prayer. So a four raka'ah prayer is going to be prayed four raka'ahs. Ibn Mas'ud who was a scholar amongst the Sahaba, who many of the Sahaba would go to when they had a question about halal and haram, about the deen of Allah. Ibn Mas'ud said this is incorrect. Ibn Mas'ud he said no, we are traveling. When we go to Mina, we are traveling. So instead of praying four rak'ahs, we should be praying two. And that was his opinion. He said, I disagree with Uthman radiallahu anhu. But what happened when he went and, 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 and when he was with Uthman radiallahu anhu? We know that he prayed behind Uthman radiallahu anhu and he prayed the complete four rak'ahs, even though he disagreed. Because he understood that this is a matter of ijtihad. That Uthman made his ijtihad. This is a person who is qualified to make this decision, number one. And number two, he is the leader. He is now in charge of this whole flock. And so Uthman, and by the way, just to give you a little bit of background here, Uthman his reasoning, or some of our scholars mentioned that his reasoning was that he said, look, a lot of people, a lot of uh, people who have never made Hajj before are coming to make Hajj. There are Bedouins coming who have never prayed before. And so I want to teach them the complete prayer. And so he made the decision that the Salah should be prayed complete. It should be prayed all four. That's his decision. 
even though Ibn Mas'ud disagreed. But Ibn Mas'ud prayed behind him and showed unity with him, even though he disagreed, for the good of the community, for the good of the ummah. And that is a question we need to ask ourselves. What is more important for us, our egos or the good of the community? How are we ever going to make progress if we pick on every single issue that we disagree upon? Because there's no end to that. There's never going, there's never going to be a time, by the way, and I hate to break this to you, but there's never going to be a time that we are living and we're going to see that all the Muslims are going to say we don't disagree on anything. It's not going to happen. There will be differences. As long as we live, we're going to see differences. And that is why we have been urged to come together upon goodness. And so that is the question we ask ourselves. Can we bring ourselves, can we come together to understand, especially as I said, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alhamdulillah, we're living in a time where we do have scholars. We are living in a time where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with people who have made the sacrifice. They decided, you know what? I can go to college, I can go become, as I said, a doctor, or a lawyer, engineer, whatever it may be. But you know what? I'm going to dedicate my life to learning the deen of Allah. So I can come to my community, I can go to a place, and I can teach people what is most pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَقُولُ خَوْلِ هَذَا أَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهِ لِغُلَكُمْ فَاسْتَغْفِرُهُ إِنَّهُمْ فُرْلَوْفُرْلَهِ الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا وسيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين In all honesty, I said pretty much what I wanted to say in the first part of this khutbah. But one disclaimer I want to end upon, inshallah ta'ala, is that we don't want to go from one extreme to the other. And so the first extreme I addressed in the first part of the khutbah, and that is that we don't understand the rank of the people of knowledge, that we don't give people their due, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we said, Allah has raised the people of knowledge and we don't give them the respect that they deserve. The other extreme, by the way, is to go in the other direction and is to say, once there is a person of knowledge that I respect and look up to, they can never do any wrong. Meaning their, their word is the absolute word. Because that is not how our deen works. That is the other extreme. We understand, and, and this, is, this is a little bit of a nuanced point here, but I want to be very clear about this. Yes, we, if we have an imam, we have a scholar, we follow that scholar. Right? But we never think, that this scholar, or any individual for that matter, is ma'soom. Is that they are free of mistakes. We never define our deen by one single individual. And unfortunately that's the other issue that we're dealing with today. Because people become well known, or, or we get attached to an individual, we make it that this person is the be-all and end-all of our deen. So even if they do something wrong, we go and justify that wrong. Right? And that is why the scholars of the past, they would say, الحق لا يعرف بالرجال ولكن الرجال يعرفون بالحق That truth is not judged by men. Rather, men are judged by the truth. Meaning, we don't take a look at an individual and say, everything he says is Islam. And that's it. No forward or back, no left or right, this is Islam. Rather, men are judged by what our deen has taught us. There is no one who is free from mistake. No one who is, we are all human beings. 
as Imam Malik uh, standing next to the grave of the Prophet وسلم, as he said uh, he said every single individual we take from them and we leave from them except the person who is in this grave meaning the Prophet if the Prophet says something that's it it's the end of the that's it there's no discussion but everyone else can be right and, and can be wrong and unfortunately in the times that we're, we're living in we almost take this all or nothing attitude towards people right so either this person is 100% perfect or we reject that person outright and so especially in the times that we are living in we have to understand that not, not every individual is going to be right in everything that they say even a person, I, mean, I, I can subhanAllah tell you right now, think of the person that you respect the most. Someone you say, this is the most knowledgeable person in the world, even they're going to make mistakes. And that's why if they do make a major mistake, then we don't say, no, this, is, this person has to be correct because they are so-and-so. Right? There is no obedience to the creation of Allah in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And that's why it is important that in these confusing and complex times that we learn to hold nuanced opinions. There may be a scholar, and, there, and I have scholars that I look up to, who I agree with 90% of what they say. But there may be some issues that I don't agree with. I don't write that person off because of that one issue. I still respect them for their knowledge. I respect them for their life that they have dedicated. And of course, it is not our position to judge or to make decisions about anyone's sincerity. And that is one of the most dangerous places that we can go. When we look at someone and because we don't agree with them or because we may dislike an opinion of theirs, we say, begin to think maybe they're not sincere. It is not for us to, to judge anyone's sincerity. That is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to decide and to know. And everyone obviously will take into account for, for what they have done in this life. So I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the ability to appreciate the people of knowledge and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the ability to recognize truth as truth and falsehood as falsehood. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to make our hearts inclined towards the Quran and the Sunnah and those that have taken it upon themselves, they've made it their life mission to learn and to, and, and to teach the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.